Hello, you're listening to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. It's part four in our tale of two women, and Brian's looking at their different attitudes in financial management. You'll remember that the purpose of this series of studies is to help us make wise life choices. So we'll see today how Madame Folly and Dame Wisdom deal with their management of wealth and property. Our Bible readings will again be mainly from the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, with supporting verses from 2 Corinthians. So, let's join Brian and learn wisdom from Scripture about our stewardship of money and possessions. Thanks, John. The first thing to say is wisdom is more important than money. If we're not sure about that, it must be time to hear from Dame Wisdom again, as she calls out in Proverbs 8, verse 1, Does not wisdom call? and understanding lift up her voice. On top of the heights, beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the doors, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, understand prudence, and O fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than the choice is gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. Riches and honour are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. We recall Dame Wisdom is addressing anyone who lacks understanding. We've dealt with facing seduction, with flawed speech, and with friend selection, areas where the words lacking sense crop up. So now I want to turn to the one she herself has introduced to us with the opening words we've read, and it's about financial stewardship. We hear it said that a fool and his money are soon parted, and that was certainly true of the prodigal son in the story Jesus told. The opposite of wisdom is folly, of course, often seen in short-term self-indulgence by someone who doesn't think about long-term goals, but who lives on a day-to-day basis, asking, what is the most fun thing to do now? The opposite of that the most heartbreaking thing to do now is shown by what follows. It's the experience of an African missionary called Del Tar, who spent time in the Sahel, that vast stretch of savannah, more than 4,000 miles wide, just under the Sahara Desert. In the Sahel, all the moisture comes in a four-month period, May, June, July and August. After that, Not a drop of rain falls for eight months. The ground cracks from dryness, and so do your hands and feet. The year's food, of course, must all be grown in those four months. People grow sorghum in small fields. October and November, these are beautiful months. The granaries are full. The harvest has come. People sing and dance. They eat two meals a day. The sorghum is ground between two stones to make flour and then a mush with the consistency of yesterday's cream of wheat. The sticky mush is eaten hot. 
They roll it into little balls between their fingers, drop it into a bit of sauce and then pop it into their mouths. The meal lies heavy on their stomachs so they can sleep. December come and the granaries start to recede. Many families omit the morning meal. By January, not one family in 50 is still eating two meals a day. By February, the evening meal diminishes. The meal shrinks even more during March, and children succumb to sickness. You don't stay well on half a meal a day. April is the month you hear the babies crying in the twilight. Most of the days are passed with only an evening cup of gruel. Then inevitably it happens. A six- or seven-year-old boy comes running into his father one day with sudden excitement. Daddy! Daddy! We've got grain! he shouts. Son, you know we haven't had grain for weeks. Yes, we have, the boy insists. Out in the hut where we keep the goats. There's a leather sack hanging up on the wall. I reached up and put my hand down in there. Daddy, there's grain in there. Give it to Mummy so she can make flour and tonight our tummies can sleep. The father stands motionless. Son, we can't do that, he softly explains. That's next year's seed grain. It's the only thing between us and starvation. We're waiting for the rains, and then we must use it. The rains finally arrive in May, and when they do, the young boy watches as his father takes the sack from the wall and does the most unreasonable thing imaginable. Instead of feeding his desperately weakened family, He goes to the field, and with tears streaming down his face, he takes the precious seed and throws it away. He scatters it in the dirt. Why? Because he believes in the harvest. The seed is his. He owns it. He can do anything he wants with it. The act of sowing it hurts so much that he cries. How much would it cost us to sow in tears? I don't mean just giving God something from our abundance but finding a way to say, I believe in the harvest, and therefore I will give what makes no sense. The world would call me unreasonable to do this, but I must so regardless, in order that I may someday celebrate with songs of joy. Dame Wisdom's counsel is that we should be open-handed, generous givers. Later we read in Proverbs 11 verse 24, there is one who scatters, and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. The wise teaching of God's word here is that giving generously often leads to acquiring spiritual benefits, but all kinds of poverty await those who are stingy or mean. Generosity often leads the giver to be spiritually refreshed, but those who are stingy or mean often end up with nothing. This agrees with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where he says in verse 6, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower 
and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them. Notice this distinction there between bread for food and seed to the sower. That takes us back to the missionary story. These words of Paul, in context, are not about evangelism directly, but about our Christian responsibility to share with others to relieve their needs, certainly within the Christian community. It's vital we pick up on the fact that this is a basic part of our obedience to the gospel itself. A modern, acquisitive generation needs to face this challenge. It's fun to spend, but foolish to avoid thinking about how we can settle the bill later. It's fun to spend on ourselves, but do we know anything of what it means for our heart to break in giving away what's ours to others? The Proverbs have a great deal to say about money and related topics such as giving, poverty, righteousness and wisdom. This is to help us maintain a biblical lifestyle in relation to money. As early as chapter 3, the book of Proverbs instructed us to honour God with our wealth. As we've seen, this means prioritising our giving for the Lord's sake and to help others. But it's wider than that. It's about wise stewardship that evaluates people and investments carefully. We sign off with a relevant example featuring the words we're tracking. Proverbs 17 verse 18. A man lacking in sense pledges and becomes guarantor in the presence of his neighbour. Wisdom gives us proper restraint in the use and pursuit of money. We are reminded that righteousness is more important than money. A poor but blameless man is better off before God than a rich but perverse man. Proverbs 28 verse 6 It's better to have a little money with righteousness than much with injustice. Proverbs 16 verse 8 Fearing God is better than lots of money. Proverbs 15 verse 16 At least it will be shown to be like that in the longer term.
I'd like to share a part of a short poem with you at this point. It was written by Christopher Wordsworth in 1863. He was the nephew of the more famous, uh, his f- more famous uncle, uh, William Wordsworth. We lose what on ourselves we spend. We have as treasure without end whatever Lord to thee we lend, who givest all. Whatever Lord we lend to thee, repaid a thousandfold will be, then gladly will we give to thee who givest all. And of course, that's not just our money and our property and our possessions, but our very selves, in the same way as the Lord Jesus gave himself completely for us when he died upon the cross. Now, as usual, a free transcript book is available to accompany these talks, and a copy can be yours if you write in. And we'd also be pleased to deal with any comments or questions uh, that you might have. The talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format, but if you'd like a copy of the book, the transcript of uh, these programmes, just ask for the title The Tale of Two Women, and you can do this by email or by post, as I said, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So, it's been great to have the privilege of your company today. Please join me again next week for the conclusion of our tale of two women. Until then, it's goodbye for now, and very best wishes from Brian, David, and me, John. So, see you again soon. And in the meantime, may God richly, richly bless you.